welcome to the Hunt Back Country podcast. Today we are continuing this little mini series of podcast episodes, kind of showing you guys some behind the scenes at Exo Mountain Gear. So in a prior episode, we spoke with Exo employee Patrick Kelly, and today we are speaking with Exo employee Jake Havlicek. We hear more about Jake's story and how he started to come to work for Exo Mountain Gear at the age of, I think it was like eight nine, somewhere in there. You'll hear about that in just a little bit. We also dive into Jake's hunting and some of his funny stories and adventures with hunting, the importance uh, that his dad played in getting him to hunt, and much, much more. So there's some good content in here for sure if you just want to learn more about the behind the scenes at EXO or just also hear some great stories as well. And tomorrow, Jake actually flips the script on us, and he wanted to interview Steve and I. So tomorrow, tune back in, Jake becomes the host of the podcast and asks Steve and I some questions that were submitted from you guys. So thanks as always for tuning in. I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. As always, you can share your questions, comments, or feedback with us by email to podcast at exomountaingear.com. Let's dive into this discussion with Jake Havlicek. Jake, welcome back to the podcast, man. How the heck are you, dude? Doing great. How are you guys? I'm saying welcome back, but it's also your first episode. So what the heck, man? Uh, let's say like, yeah, second episode and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did, I, yeah, I've been on it before, and then we tried doing it two weeks ago, and <laughs> let's just uh, let's just say that didn't go as well, guys. When were you on it before? It From the death that. hike? Yeah. Yeah. 2018 death hike. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought this was a debut, yeah. man. I thought you were making an appearance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's just say this is the first time I've ever been on. This okay. is great. All right. Cool. <laughs> By popular demand, like folks that know XO, local guys, friends, they've been they've been wondering when Jake's going to get on the podcast. We're making it happen, man. <laughs> I was stoked to be on. Yeah. We tried last time. And uh, let's just say I said um 30,000 times. Which the limit is 20,000. <laughs> All right, sounds great. All right, so yeah, you can, that's you, um um um, um twenty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, you are uh, you're the life of the party at Exo Mountain Gear. Um, you are the little brother that Steve and I never got to beat up until you came around because Steve, uh, we're both younger brothers, so we kind of like making up for lost time with Jakey here and having him around. So this is the highlight of my day, be on the pick on Jakey. So. <laughs> Jake, Jakey, Poo. What other nicknames you got, dude? Uh, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Those nicknames <laughs> for the podcast. All right, we'll keep it I clean. I really thought of Steve there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it clean. Um, yeah, man. So, you know, we had Pat on the podcast, kind of told his story and um, all that with him moving across the country and kind of randomly coming to work for XO. You are local to Boise, so you kind of grew up in the area, but tell us how the heck you ended up working for XO Mountain Gear years ago. Yeah, so I started here in 2017. Um, uh, I was going to do a summer class. I was a, you know, 17 years old. I was going to do a summer class at Boise State. Got word that XO needed help building backpacks. And I found this through like a friend of a friend. Uh, they reached out to my dad, a friend of Lenny's, 
uh, reached out to my, my mom. And so anyways, yeah, you guys were looking for, looking for a guy just to do part-time building for the summer. And I was really interested. So I ended up reaching out to you guys saying, Hey, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to work for you guys and build some backpacks, not go to school for, for the summer and just take a break, see what it's like to, to actually work. Cause I've never had a real job before then. So yeah, I started May 15th of 2017, just doing all the, the little stuff, building packs, stuff in lumbar foam, filling orders, trimming, you know, doing all the QC stuff. Um, it was, you know, super, super cool just to how, how it all happened. Yeah. I was a big, I've been a big fan of XO before the podcast, we were talking how I've listened to you guys back in 2015. I followed along Steve when I was 10, 11, 12, like right when the first full draft film tour came out. <laughs> so I was, funny. 10, I was 11, 10 years 12. old. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's crazy um, to me. Cause it doesn't, you know, in my head, like that is not that long ago, but possible. for you, you it went from 10 to almost 21 years old. So yeah, it's yeah. been 11 years. So. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's been super cool. Just, I yeah, I used to think of Steve as like this. I still do. Still, used still to. Think of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just this really I used like to think Steve was cool. <laughs> then I started hanging out with him. No, no. What I mean by that is, you know how people in high school and, and middle school look up to Tom Brady or or LeBron James. Like I used to think that Steve Speck and and Jason and Lenny were the cool guys. That was seriously. Steve and so or the LeBron of the hunting world, at yeah, least to a ten year old. Or a 10 yeah. year old. So, uh, yeah, that's I, yeah, my dad. I really give him a credit for kind of getting me into hunting. So I've, you know, followed along what he did and he listened to, you know, podcasts and forums. And once the full draw film tour came really became popular, I started following along pre elevation grew into XO and yeah, so I've just been a been a fan of the hunting industry. Always wanted to work for the hunting industry in the hunting industry, and got lucky. I I gotta say it was it was I didn't apply for the job. It was just you know word of mouth, and I was able to get my foot in the door. And man, here we yeah. are. Anyone ever <laughs> wants a job at EXO, just show up in the middle of the summer when we're all stressed <laughs> yeah. out and busy. It's <laughs> right. be like we'll take anyone. Just come to work. Is, you yeah. see a you see a beating heart and yeah. hands and we're like yes help <laughs> they may not come back though after the summer ends <laughs> yeah that's a very good point yeah dude Summer's it's rough. weird to think that your only job has been with exo because it's such a unique like experience place to work that that's just yeah. really interesting to me of like you've never you've never flipped burgers or bus tables or worked you know normal retail or any of that stuff like that's, that's an like interesting thing Make yeah. make Jake go wash dishes like I did when I was 15 years old, or yeah. do, do work in a car in wash. The do yeah. that. <laughs> now do that, that you're full time, Jake, we're gonna make you go get an internship at you know Chick Fil A or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tempt me. I might just go there just so to get the discount food, just for the breakfast burritos. <laughs> no, I did work. I I did do a little bit of lawn mowing, but yeah, that's all. Oh, I've, that's right. This is all I've done. Is I'm going on. It'll be four years in May being here at XO and yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what it's like to, you know, flip burgers or do a kitchen, kitchen work. And yeah. yeah and now, yeah. I mean, just recently here at the end of 
2020, you went full time. So you're, you know, you're not just part time and helping out. I mean, you've been an integral part of it all these years, even though you were part time, but now you're full time. Um, Steve, like thinking of having a 17 year old who's stuffing lumbar pads in the summer, like what was it that actually kept Jake around more than just some summer help during our craziest time of year? Uh, yeah, I mean, give Jake a compliment here. He was even at 17 He were, I mean, to be honest, kind of reminded me of myself, just like older than he actually was right in maturity and responsibilities. And he just came in and always worked hard and was on time, busted his butt, did a good job, you know, truly cares about, uh, about the product, about the customers, about the company, you know, just kind of all the check boxes there. Um, and so, yeah, he just worked for us part-time on and off. And then, you know, just gradually over the years, just took on more and more responsibilities. And, uh, and then we uh, obviously been, Jake's been going to college and sat down with him and his dad last, um, uh, well, when was that Jake? Probably November, somewhere in there. I think and it was, yeah, I think it was November, October, November. Yeah. We were yeah. just, were, you know, I was looking at what Exo needed from an employee standpoint and, and um, kind of Jake had mentioned to me he was interested in working full time, so we sat down, talked talked that out, what that looked like with Jake transitioning from school full time to work full time, and and now he's just doing night classes for school, so he's continuing to move in that direction. But as is something we needed, we needed another full time person there, and and obviously I was stoked to have Jake uh, kind of join us full time. I'm stoked too, man. <laughs> it's been it's been a fun two months already, and um, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's there's nobody around EXO that's like afraid of working. And I think of your story, Jake, and, you know, that you're still going to school while working full time. And that's a lot to juggle. And I've been there and done that myself. Um, shoot, I think before I was working for EXO full time and Steve, we used to record podcasts at nine o'clock at night because I was, you know, working all these side hours with EXO and working full time. And it's, it's, uh, we have a lot of fun, but everybody around the company definitely puts in a lot of hours and works super hard too i tend to uh get a lot out of get a lot out of everybody crack that sure. whip so, <laughs> <Steve>. <laughs> but we have we have as much fun as we possibly can in, in the meantime yeah. yeah jake you've you've definitely paid the dues in terms of taking some hazing man i think it uh <laughs> it would look much different if we had an hr department thankfully we don't um but yeah, man, you're, you're good about taking some teasing. We've had some fights in, you know, late night grocery store lobbies, you know, where I've showed you who the boss was. I mean, there's there's been some good times, dude, and you've taken it well. Took it like a champ, dude. I, uh, <laughs> I'd pay. I would pay so much money to have the security footage of the Fred Meyer of the Fred Meyer incident because <laughs> I know Steve's got some footage, but or pictures. But yes, you uh, put me in my place after I was feeling very froggy that <laughs> night. I think it was just all the shows. It was, we were at, it was in Portland. I think I was just, you know, antsy. Got, yeah. got a lot of energy. I was 18 back then, man. I was, I was young. I was young blood. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to test the old herd bull. I guess so, man. I guess so. I got put in my place real fast. And by, me, by put in my place, I got my face rolled into the Fred Meyer carpet, carpet, Fred Meyer carpet burn on the face. It was disgusting. We we might have to dig some of that out and post it to Instagram or something. That's good times. A lot of things that we could dig out, but I just don't know if we're allowed to post that mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like if you going back to your unique experience, Jake of 
working for EXO, being part of the hunting industry from a super young age, and you said it's something you wanted to do, kind of dreamt about doing. Obviously, it's something a lot of people say that they want to do, but I don't think they like fully realize what that means or what that looks like. Um, because honestly, if you work in the hunting industry, it it can put a damper on hunting. <laughs> like yeah. our busiest time is like leading up, you know, we want to be out scouting or dialing in our own gear and training and all that, but it's always our busiest time, like leaning up to hunts. But I guess, you know, what I'm asking is like, what are some of the realities of like working in the hunting industry? What's some of maybe what surprised you about it? What do you love about it? So yeah, just, you know, people are curious, I'm sure from your perspective, like what are some of the things that stand out? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not just, you know, working in the hunting industry, you don't, you still work and we, we bust our butts here at EXO. Um, come, come hunting season. It's, it's a, it's a grind, you know, like you said, that's our most busiest, busiest part of the year. Uh, We still do a very good job of being able to plan and schedule because everybody wants to get out and hunt, but you know, we always are making sure somebody stays here because Myself, I do primarily all the shipping for EXO. We want to make sure that all the packs are getting out in, on time for guys who need, you know, who are overnighting packs. And so Steve's like, all right, you can take this day off. Is, is, is Pat able to help you out? Um, so that's probably the biggest thing is balancing out how many people can go out and hunt and just making sure that that gets taken care of. But like you said, you definitely talking about hunting 24 seven, it can put a little a damper on things. I've noticed when I get home, I really don't, I don't pay attention to hunting gear or videos like I used to before I started. Now that doesn't mean I don't enjoy it anymore, but I, you know, I'm looking for, for different things. Uh, I, it's kind of trying to keep a happy medium, a good balance of, you know, not burning myself out. And I'm, I'm sure you guys, you guys have been in, in the game, I mean, Steve you, and Mark, you guys have been doing it since back when I was a baby. Um, <laughs> You're 10. <laughs> you, know, baby, so I, you guys know it firsthand. Uh, and so I think that's one of the realities is you can, you know, get a, not, like I said, not burned out, but you want to, you know, do some other stuff. You don't want to make it your full-time gig or you're just going to, you are going to burn yourself out if you work in a hunting job and then go home and do more hunting stuff. It's just inevitable. So, but the, the perks and and fun stuff about this job are are great. You you know, you get being working for XO uh, people send Steve a lot of stuff. And so then Steve, just throws down some some of his used gear or whatever some killer so hand me downs cool. killer <laughs> hand me downs man like scope <laughs> or um boots just old stuff like he has boots it. yeah i'm no. looking right here in his office and i see like six pairs of boots in a box man it's it's <laughs> nuts <laughs> um so yeah i i think um uh, there's there's a whole lot of cool stuff about working in the hunting industry but you got to make sure you keep a, keep a good balance of separating it from, you know, when you go, when you go home, sometimes change it up. And I think towards the summertime leading up to scouting season, hunting season, then you kind of get the itch, uh, to, to go back out hunting. And I've done a, I've done a better job of uh, doing that myself. Cause I noticed uh, a couple months ago, I think like all summer last year, I really didn't, I don't think I went scouting. 
I think I went scouting once with my dad. I kind of just got burned out a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it, what, what it was. It definitely yeah. wasn't just the job. I think it was just a whole lot of things going on, just having fun as a teenager or 20 year old, but um, <laughs> <laughs> got to throw that extra year in there. It's a whole new decade. I'm not a teenager. I'm in my twenties, 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 soon to be 21 in 39 days, but not nobody's counting. counting. No, <laughs> but anyways, overall, man, it's, it's a great, great place to work. And it's not just, you know, come in, drink black rifle coffee, do a podcast, go home. It, you know, that's at first, when I first started here in 2017, I thought, honestly, that's what you guys did. And it's, <laughs> uh, dang it. and let me, let me tell you that for, for all the folks who are listening, Steve and Mark are, and I'm not just saying this just to get brownie points. Um, but if I am going to get brownie points, then right well, on, then you'll take kill two birds with one stone. But Steve and Mark are two of the hardest working guys. I know they aren't just doing podcasts. They are just, they're doing everything. Um, you know, Steve is the only designer for EXO. So he does all of our, all of this, all of the EXO products, anything, Mark, all the, you know, e-commerce website stuff, podcast, digital content. Uh, Steve's managing the whole EXO warehouse. There's just so much that everybody's doing and it is not a walk through the park. It's, it's real work. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. Yes. It, Jake, that you brought that up, like that balance of getting burned out. I don't know that we've talked about that much, Steve, but what does that, since we're talking about, what does that look like for you? I mean, for me, I know there's kind of been like ebbs and flows. It's not either I'm burnt out or I'm gung ho. There's kind of like, you know, there's waves to it through the year, kind of feel differently at different times. But now that we're talking about that, I'm just curious what, what your experience has been there to chat about it a bit. Yeah, it's, it's been good. It's po- it's all positive, right? I, I've never had a um, a doom and gloom moment of like, oh, I don't enjoy hunting anymore. Like that's that's a bunch of BS. I love freaking <laughs> hunting. And I love being out there. Uh, I think I we've talked about this before. I think of where I specifically work is work, and then going hunting. Uh, it's really for quite a few years. Their hunting was was filming and capturing photos, and so hunting was part work. And now I really just segment that uh, mm-hmm. a good example. When we went to Kodiak two years ago, it was like no cameras, no photos. I just want to go drink whiskey at night, hunt our balls off during the day, catch some fish and have fun. And then there's other trips where it's like, okay, we're going hunting, but we are like, we've got a list of 50 bullet point items that we need to shoot this video. We need to capture this content, get these photos done. Um, and, and those are the trips that, they can, you know, that takes away from some of it, right. Where you're, you can't be fully just present in the moment. Um, you know, even referencing that article you just wrote uh, yesterday for the, for the blog about, of just slowing down and being aware of your surroundings and just being totally involved in the moment when you kind of have this work to do list sitting in the lid of the pack, you know, that, that just takes away from it a little bit, but just segment those, you know, just pick the hunts where it's like, okay, this is a, basically a content trip. And then this trip, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy and um, mm-hmm. have fun. So yeah, that's, uh, that's about all I do. And then gear cool thing for me, like I've never been burnt out on gear. There's just, there's a never ending, uh, you know, cool companies are coming out with new stuff all the time. And, and that's the fun part about being a gear junkie, I guess, is always testing new concepts, new ideas, new products, and obviously doing pack designs. Uh, that's fun for me. You know, I really yeah. enjoy that. I haven't, 
uh, I have not hunted with a K3 pack since we launched it. You know, I did all the development design of it. And then once we launched it, I've been running prototypes and samples ever since then, just looking for the, the next thing that we can, you know, put out there. Yeah. Jake, you mentioned brownie points that made me think of uh, your potty chart. You want to tell people about that? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do so, it. Uh, so starting January, or no, I've been doing customer service since uh, 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I picked up kind of doing the returns and uh, warranties for about three years. And so now, uh, yeah, how do we say this? Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve, I kept telling Steve, you know, dude, look at this good email. Look at this great email. Look at that. Like when you get good feedback you know, from the customer. Me to, when I get good feedback, because I just started doing emails, customer service, and you, you, you guys both wanted to see how I was doing, which is totally understandable. Anyways, I don't know when Steve uh, brought this potty chart out. <laughs> I don't know if it was, it definitely wasn't when I first got hired or first oh, just yeah. took a full-time job, but it was just, well, yeah, my, no. we were potty training my daughter. So she was two. So that would have been 2018. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say it's been at least a year or two. Yeah. yeah. Has it? Dang. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways, more of the story is Steve came out one day cause Sawyer has finished potty training. Congrats Sawyer. And oh, this has been a year ago, but he brought out the potty chart and it said Sawyer's potty training chart. He, cross it out saying Jakey Poo's customer service chart. <laughs> Every time I get a good compliment by somebody sending in an email or leaving an order on the note or a note on the order or calling in saying, Hey, Jake did awesome. <laughs> I'll send that to Steve or Mark. And I'll be like, Hey guys, check this out. Now it's just a running joke, I think. I and, think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Every time I, I send over a uh, a little snippet of, of a good feedback, Mark and Steve, either one of one or the other or both, will say "Gold Star" in all caps. So then so I once you complete that potty chart, man, there's a solid lollipop waiting for you at the end. <laughs> man, I need to go start filling it because I haven't filled it at all. I just I just send you guys. It's your responsibility to track it, man. Man, that's dangerous. I don't know if you guys trust me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So that's the uh, that's the story behind the potty chart. I think every time somebody like takes a walk through uh, EXO and gets a tour, they kind of do a double take on that. Like, what the heck is that? Like, what is EXO doing? It's weird. <laughs> but no, it's um, it's been great. I'm pretty sure I've filled the chart like yeah, 50 you, times now. You yeah. have. You have. You have. <laughs> the lollipop is long overdue. <laughs> Thank you, guys took care of me pretty well and uh i think i over the summer you guys hooked me up with a sig scope and then i couldn't use that because it wasn't legal here in idaho so you yeah guys that was my bad me up with ah, hey no problem then steve steve recovered steve recovered so that was my potty training our customer service training benefit or gold star so thank you guys i appreciate it yeah yeah you got a you got to get out and fill a tag with that rifle what do you what do you what do you have planned for that rifle what, what are you gonna get after this year uh, first things first is the the wolf the wolf hunt that we're going to be doing for the death hike. I will be carrying that rifle. Got Perfect. it all sighted in. Thank you, Steve, for the ammo. Like I said, Steve really hooks me up with a lot of cool gear. Um, is your so, that's PRC too, right? That's the six five PRC. Okay. Thank you, Steve and Mark. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So 
first things first, I'm going to try and smack a wolf during the death hike. I did buy a wolf tag, so not sure. I don't know if anybody's sure, like if we're going to be seeing any, any wolves or, or anything like that. Uh, the next on the list, I bought a bear tag. I really uh, bummed. I'm bummed that I didn't go on the last year's bear camp that you guys did last year. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do that this year. So that'll be fun. So wolf bear, and then talked with my dad last night about, you know, tags that we want to want to apply for. And so I'm thinking rifle elk uh, is what I'm going to be applying for. And um, if that doesn't work out, then find something, you know, we're definitely big archery hunters for elk, but rolling into general deer season, go out a whole lot for the rifle with the rifle for, for mule deer. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's the plans. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the death hike. So speaking of the death hike, Jake, let's, let's chat about apparently your first podcast, which I forgot about was probably after the hundred mile death hike. Um, I want to talk about that because I, you know, from your perspective and you can kind of tell the story of like, it didn't go your way, but to me, it's one of the things where I think at the end of that, even though it didn't go your way, I had more respect for you, but Tell us about the hundred mile death hike and at least how it started off for you and how it progressed. Dude, 2018 death hike. So many lessons learned on that hike. We, I trained a lot for that hike, uh, knowing it was hundred miles, hundred miles, you know, went on a lot of hikes with Steve and the guys here at the office and, you know, started out strong. First five Super miles. Of that strong. Hike. <laughs> you know, first, first day was 36 miles. It was, probably I think the easiest day from what I've heard, but just the longest. Um, I was doing great for, for the first uh, half, half, half the trek just, just going along telling Mark, man, Mark, I'm good. I'm great. I'm feeling it. Let's, let's do this. Mark made sure you kept me in my place. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, We had some, it was you, me, yeah, you, me, and Paul from First Light. Yeah, we uh, shared a lot of trail miles that that first day. Talked about Took women. A detour. Talked. <laughs> we solved your girl problems That's, or tried we're to. Gonna, we're gonna leave that there. We're gonna. We. I like I said. There's a lot of things Off we can talk about. But I don't know. If, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Off air. Um, um, yeah, we we talked a lot, a lot. Life problems. You guys really helped me out. Helped me figure out a lot of things. It was. That's one cool thing about the Death Hike. This little tangent. The cool thing about the Death Hike is you can just link up with different folks throughout the hike and have totally different conversations here and there. And it's like, you guys are best friends for the day. It's so cool. The, the, the bonding uh, that you, that you have and share with a couple other guys throughout the trip. So that was cool. Really getting to talk to not only you and, or not only Paul, but you as well, because I mean, yeah, you and I talk a lot and Steve, but it was cool talking to you guys out of a work setting, you know, not saying that it's just strictly work here at XO, uh, but it's, we don't have to worry about, Hey, when are frame panels getting in, you know, that type of you know, it, talking about any customer, it was just totally, you know, off the books, just whatever, whenever. Uh, so anyways, back to the hike. Did you, did you start feeling bad before or after you got us lost on day one? I can't remember. I think it was you guys who got us lost. I, I let's just to to set the record or for the record. I did not have a Garmin Inreach Mini, so you can't put the blame on me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know who it was that got us lost. 
but <laughs> we we took a detour for about what was it a mile mile in until we realized yeah. oh this isn't the way we're just trying so, to yeah, set it, the mileage record that's all yeah kind of after after that i think what was that mile 10 13 you know around there yeah when we got kind of backtracked we we got back with steve and cody and the rest of the guys then i started kind of hitting the wall man i ran out of gummy bears is to be honest <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> that was the problem no my feet started hurting i started just whining in my head i didn't whine in front of the guys or else i would have gotten so much hazing but i started just playing mental games in my head like i can't do this i can't i can't keep going i'm tired um, so i started kind of getting a little aching in my left knee area and just was slowing down a whole lot. Boots really didn't help. I was wearing these Merrells that I really didn't hike in a whole lot. For some reason, I kind of threw a, you know, just took a different route. Thought that these Merrells were, were going to be better than the the running shoes that I was using and training with a whole lot, the ultra temps. And that didn't work out for me. So my feet just started hurting, just aching. Like I think a combination of just the, the boots not feeling good and me wrenching down on the laces just just destroying my feet. I ended up finishing, well, kind of, I ended up finishing day one with getting a ride from like a random family down to like the lot for the last two miles. I think it was me, Lenny and Dione and a couple other guys just hopped in the back of the dude's Tacoma and got back to camp. So everybody, we got back to camp and we were all just toast. And for me, like I said, a lot of mental toughness kind of that's where that's where that's where mental games started playing in with me i i did i was just like oh man i could go tomorrow but i could sleep in and i could just help out you know i think that's where that's i learned a i learned a big lesson there is i gave up on myself so fast forward i, I didn't do day two everybody left and i was just one of those guys who hung back and had a great day two chilled chilled Went in the town got a burger town, got a burger yeah, yeah. During that whole day, I took a four-hour nap too. Yeah, so that was great. But during that day, I, I felt guilty. Like, not not like angry at myself or upset, but just disappointed. Like, come on, man, you, you trained for this. Um, so I was bummed. Anyways, we after that whole day, we went by really fast, just hanging out. We met up with the the rest of the hikers who kept who continued on on day two, finished day two, and. I was telling myself, all right, you know, let's, I can do day three. I can't, you know, I can, I can't change the past, but I can change the future. So woke up day three and was feeling bright eyed, bushy tailed, man. And just kept, kept pushing along. And day three went much better for me than, than the first day went. And so, yes, I didn't finish all three days, didn't do the full hundred miles, but I think it was like 62 miles that I, I did. And I learned a lot from it. You know, I learned that it's easy to give up on yourself. It's easy to you know, tell yourself, t- tell yourself you don't, you don't have to do it or you, you don't need to do something. Uh, but at the end of the day, you only get so many, you only get so many years, years in your life to be able to do those kind of cool things. And I was really bummed hearing all the stories that you guys brought back on day two and just bummed out in a whole lot of ways. Um, so yeah, yeah. I learned, learned a whole lot. And I was, I was, it was cool. It was um, really awesome to to get the feedback from everybody else who 
was on that hike and, you know, I, I think I posted a picture on Instagram saying didn't do day two, but, you know, went back into day three, you know, and, and pushed hard towards it and seeing all the feedback from guys like you and, and, and everybody else saying way to, way to get back out there on day three uh, was motivating. And, and it was, it was cool, super, super humbling. Um, and the next time you know, I, I shot for 2019 to finish the death hike and, it wasn't wasn't the same hundred mile aspect of things, but it it was. You know, I still completed the death hike the next year. Um, so yeah, you know, learn learn a lot from twenty eighteen, a lot about myself, um, and and how easy it is to you know tell yourself things and play those play those mind games. Uh, but it was a fun fun hunt or hike, hike yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's so. what I mean. To me, that's what's like most important is what you learn from yourself and. Uh, you learn the lessons when it doesn't go your way. So it's like, even though it's like, yeah, you didn't do it, you didn't finish, like the lesson is as valuable as finishing it. Like, especially now, right? Especially a couple of years later and it, it's given you the confidence, it's taught you lessons. And um, yeah, like I said then, and I'd say now, like, especially at your age, uh, I was super impressed that number one, you even got out there and did it. Like there's nobody um, your age doing that. And then, number two to just bounce back like if you did quote unquote quit you didn't just stay as like oh i quit it's done you you came back and did day three which i thought was super cool yeah yeah i appreciate that you know um and it was great it was fun i finishing day three i i told myself yeah you could have probably done day two yeah but i I did it's easy to say though after a four-hour nap and a cheeseburger of course you felt better (laughs) <laughs> oh man, let me tell you, and a good night's sleep. It was, it was great. Um, yeah. But anyways, off, you know, off topic, off, or off the topic of you know mental toughness and everything. The hike itself was super fun, beautiful country, uh, great camaraderie. You know, sharing just laughs every twenty minutes, and then day three, more laughs, and um, it was. It was kind of funny. Everybody picked on me a little bit too, because I'm over here. Come on, guys, let's go. I'm ready. And Jeff Lusk and Dione were like, said some choice words, like, "Come on, give us, give us some slack, here, buddy. Yeah. We're we've been doing it for two days now." But <laughs> it was a fun, uh, fun adventure. That's for sure. Steve, did, yeah. did you have any uh, any like premeditated plans to like make employees do miserable things like outside of work? Because that's a recurring theme here as we've talked with Pat and Jake on the podcast. Of, <laughs> yeah. Steve makes us do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, it's, um, I think it's just a personal philosophy is to push beyond what you think you can freaking do. Um, and it's obviously to have all you guys, you know, try to push you to do this stuff to, to, you know, I think, hard is perspective. Um, right. So what, what one person thinks hard is for the next guy is really, really easy. So I think it's important to go experience stuff. That's really freaking hard. Cause then it makes all the day-to-day stuff seem easy. It's like practice and shooting your bow at hundred yards. When you go back to 40 and 50, it's, Oh, it's a piece of cake. Um, so there's definitely some hidden motivation there to, to push you guys to get out there and do that stuff. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I can, you know, the, we live in 2021, things are pretty easy right now. And I can tell myself, ah, why train when I could just sleep in? But the more, the more I do that or think about that, it's, I just become, you know, weaker or soft. It's like, yeah, just 
<laughs> pushing yourself is, is great. Pushing yourself in different ways is, is great, you know, for yourself personally. Um, and I really appreciate, you know, it, Steve definitely jokes around, but he gives, you know, gives a hard time or gives us a hard time for, you know, not getting out or, or, you know, not training. Like I said, it, he definitely jokes, but he, he means, he means well when he's, he's just saying like, get out or, or go do stuff. And he's just helping us out. And, and I think that's great for me because I definitely have, uh, have struggled with um, whether it's just anything sleeping in or, or just not wanting to do something when you have, like you have, you have a Saturday and, and you want to just chill, but you have, you know, four things that you've been wanting to get done. I think that just, you know, goes, goes with anything in life is just, you know, the death hike really helps push you and, and motivate you to get things done. Even when it's not like the most funnest thing, or it's a bit of a struggle. It's great to tell yourself that, Hey, you did this one thing. Why not do this other thing, you know, rather than be a couch potato or things like that. And that's helped me a lot for sure. One thing in your story, Jake, I think is uh, really neat is when anytime I hear you talk about like your dad uh, and just how he got you into hunting and then even going back to when you were young, like you realize now at 20 that when you were call it 10, that your dad was essentially making sacrifices of his own hunting to take you hunting. Like you didn't see it when you were 10, but you see that now. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys listening to this who are, you know, maybe dads, maybe have kids, maybe kind of want to take their kids hunting, don't know what that looks like, what have you. Um, yeah, I just want to hear about that because it's something I've always appreciated. Like you come from a hunting family, your grandpa hunts, your dad hunts. And especially now as you've gotten older, you kind of realize like how important it is and what a sacrifice it was for them to get you involved at a young age. Yeah, I owe it all to my dad for getting me into this crazy, awesome lifestyle. He, he moved us out from California back in 07 before it was cool. So please no, no angry emails. Um, but he, he moved us out to Idaho. I was seven years old, really didn't think much, but uh, of it. And he just wanted to get, get the family out to a, you know, whole new lifestyle and pick up something new. And that was bow hunting. So he bow hunted, he started bow hunting in 07 and 08 and was pretty fortunate or pretty, pretty lucky. I got to give it to him. He killed two elk his first two years of hunting and then started, and that was in Oregon. So then fast forward, yeah, 2009, that's when he started taking me on big game hunts. I've, I've been on, you know, upland bird hunts, coyote hunts. Then he started taking me on, on big game hunts and like, yeah, now looking back at it, man, that was, you know, super, super kind of him and just very generous, you know, to sacrifice his, you know, chances of harvesting an elk. But he instead brought, brought his 10 year old, nine year old son, you know, just to get him involved in it. And I think any, you know, any dads who are listening, you know, I'm not a dad, but I was in that position of being the son who, whose, whose dad brought him out every single trip he would always bring me out, make sure I was comfortable, but make sure it was a fun trip. And he showed me, you know, the good times. And I don't, I don't think he, he planned on showing me, you know, the bad times of just not seeing any elk, but there was some trips where it was just boring. But like I said, any dad who's listening to this, who wants to get their, you know, son or daughter out hunting, just take them out and not worry about 
killing something. Cause that was one of, that was one of my dad's biggest things was he didn't push me at all. He just took me on it on the adventure and we had a fun time. It was super cool too, because uh, my grandpa who's still hunting with us um, was, was hunting with us as well back then. So three generations of, of us, you know, walking all, th- all through the woods. It was, it was a good time. Um, so anyways, I, I would all them. It was, it was great because I know now that I'm 20, I, I, I realized, you know, what he was doing then was he was building me up to be a hunter. And now I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. And I hope, you know, if I ever have kids in, in, you know, in the future, which I plan to, I, I plan on doing the same thing that my dad did right now from 20 to till I have kids, which can be like 10, 15 years, you know, <laughs> hunt the hardest I possibly can. And Steve, Steve said that on the pod, I've, I've heard him say this on the podcast 50 million times, hunt as hard as you can before you have kids or just whenever you can just hunt as hard as you can before you have a family or, or kids. And, and then once you start having the family and, and kids, then you can, you know, then it starts to be about them, you know, not about yourself. And I know my dad did a, I'm sorry. uh, My dad did that for me and it was, man, that was super nice. It was all right. Yeah. (laughs) Just keep in mind, Jake, anytime you need to take a day off for hunting, you're like, just tell Steve, I'm just trying to do what you told me. I'm trying to live it up and get as many days in the field as possible while I don't have a family. (laughs) Like just put his words back at him. Oh man, I'll guilt trip him. No, um, yeah, that's how I, that's how I got started hunting. All because of him. Did your dad and hunt prior to leaving California? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so it wasn't Grandpa like moved. New. Yeah, yeah. Grandpa moved from California to Idaho in ninety, somewhere in the early nineties. And my dad got more before that. My grandpa owned a gun shop in California called like H and S Supply. They were like the big gun shop. They shot trap. You know, my great grandpa's in the Hall of Fame for trap shooting. So my dad was around, um, you know, the hunting and shooting lifestyle. Ever since my dad was ten years old, he was working in my grandpa's gun shop, and then you know would go on a trip to Idaho every year for the general rifle hunt. And so yeah, he was he he didn't just start in 07. It was he just wanted to branch out and be able to do more rather than you know go hunt the Mojave Desert for a couple of days for birds and, you know, then go back living, you know, in the city and, and not be able to just drive an hour and go hunt. So yeah, he's been doing it for his whole life and, and, um, expanded and brought me out. So, yeah. yeah. What was that yeah. story? I can't remember Jake, if it was like your, your first archery elk, but essentially that story of your dad had the clutch backup shot for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. My dad's going to be happy that I'm talking about this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's pretty, yeah. Like, I don't know it's, how close it is to the, what really happened, but when you tell the story, it sounds like pretty epic. It's It was incredible. I, I do not, I, I, I am not lying when I tell you this is the coolest shot I have ever seen. It was my first year bow hunting for elk. Um, so I was only pulling 40 pounds. That was the legal weight. You're up to like 42, 43 now, I think. Uh, 44 and a half. Okay. We can cut that part out though. No, just, <laughs> <laughs> so my dad, knowing, you know, knowing the, you know, things that we had to be aware of is, you know, I'm only pulling 40 pounds, can only really shoot up to 30 yards. I was struggling with shooting the bow a little bit, really wasn't getting the hang of it. So it wasn't really 
confident shooting past 30 yards back when I was, I was 12 years old. So 20 yards, he just made sure, you know, going into the season, I was able to pull my bow back sitting down and have a three shot group at 20 yards. That that's what, that's the plan. So we sat on a, on a water hole and you know, the, the, the water was 18 yards away or, or 20 to 25 yards away. And we're, we're sitting in the blind, listening to, listen to a podcast or something. We were sharing earbuds and all of a sudden six thirty rolls around and two spikes, you know, roll down, roll down the mountain, just a crazy amount of adrenaline emotions just start happening. Dad, dad, I, I take my earbud out. I'm, I'm basically yelling. I'm surprised these elk didn't bust out. And you know, he's, he's calming me down. This, these two spikes don't even know we're there. And my dad just ranges it just to make sure they're at 18 yards. My dad gets me set up. I was shooting a two blade, uh, you know, broadhead set up, very light arrow. Just you know, like I said, this is super light setup. I pull my bow back and I'm, I'm shaking. And I, and that bull has his head turned away, but he's broadside. So it's this perfect shot. And I aim for the crease and I shoot. And it was just the loudest smack ever. And that arrow just hits him right in the shoulder and just, <laughs> it was like a Nerf gun hitting him. It poked him and then fell right out. And so he was spooked. The one spike went, went back where they came from. And then one I shot moved forward to the left a little bit and went about 35 yards. So this was the crazy thing. My dad drew his bow back because um, he, I, I was by that time I was, didn't know what was going on. I think I had some tears rolling down my eyes. I, I was sad. I messed up and my dad, pulls his bow back and shoots 35 yards. And that spike ducked his, ducked his arrow. And my dad, you know, Nick, 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 the fur on, on top of him. And so cut a, cut a big little slice in his fur. He didn't. Yeah. So that bull ran up about 63 yards. It was, was it um, when he, when he ranged him, it was 63 yards broadside quartering away. I mean, and puts another arrow in and freaking just threads the needle. He gets down on, on his two knees and ranges him at 63 yards and, and threads the needle, man. And just straight pass through double lunged him. That was the coolest thing ever. Coolest thing ever after he missed, you know, kind of misses the bull bull runs away and, you know, he just makes it happen was able to stop the bull and makes it happen. That was, that was incredible. And I was like, Holy smokes. That was, that was insane to watch. Um, but yeah, that was, another lesson learned was don't give up on hunting. You know, back then I was very emotional Like that, that time I didn't, I was upset at myself. Couldn't, couldn't make it happen. And you know, things happen. I, unfortunately I didn't make a, a good shot on the animal, but it was, I was thankful for my dad to follow up and, and make it happen. Then skinning the thing out. I was a little, a little squeamish. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I don't think I, I think I touched the antlers a little bit and then just stood You're away. Done. Yeah. I was done. It was dark. Um, just, you know, I don't know about, I don't know how it was for you guys when you guys were 10, 11, 12. Oh, my, br me, my brothers still make fun of me to this day. When I was like 11, 12, I, I couldn't be within 20 feet of gutting an animal. I had to. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd get for me, it was yeah. never the sight. It was just always the smell. Yeah. Even when I was young, yeah. it was like, yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> now I don't even it's feel like I smell weird. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same here. Like use more, you kind of kill an animal or, or you harvest an animal and, and be a part of the packing out process. You get used to it, but man, when <laughs> we came up to that bowl and it's just, just big bodied spike, you know, being 12, I just think this thing is a dinosaur. Um, I get near it and you kind of smell that, you know, fur and just that the elk smell. And it's just like, ew, weird. And they start skinning it and, you know, some blood's going around. You see them quartering it up and just, oh, I was a little squeamish, man. It was, it was, um, it was, it was interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge fan until we, you know, we started harvesting an elk here, there. And I started being a part of, you know, a few more pack outs and, and got better. It was, it was funny for sure. I think my dad, and I give credit for my dad for being super easy with me and, and knowing that I was squeamish and not forcing me to be like, Jake, you know, put your hands in here and touch the heart. You know, he was, he was, he was like, all right, no problem. Just hang out, chill. And that was, I think that was huge for me too. He didn't force it down my throat and, you know, make me feel bad. That was so, and, and that helped. You, you say in pack out just random like question. What's your, I don't, I don't want to say favorite. What's your most memorable moment with a super heavy pack? Could be packing out animal, death hike, something, but like what comes to mind? And I'm like, oh, that one time it was either terrible or awesome or miserable or all the above with a heavy pack for you. Prototyping. I think my favorite was prototyping the K3. Um, when when my dad killed, killed a bull in 2018, and I, I was feeling, feeling pretty tough, feeling, feeling froggy, thinking I could pack out two quarters, two hind quarters <laughs> on, the, on the K3. Oh, I was, if I, people I was, can uh, see ego, Jake in your build, that just, that's why we're laughing. Yeah. That had to weigh as much was, as you did. Oh, it was, it was. And I mean, let's, let's be honest here. I have put on a couple more pounds like three versus three years ago, three. about like two or three more pounds. <laughs> yep. Thank you. The clarification anyways cookies from the girlfriend <laughs> oh, she makes amazing cookies all right um <laughs> after my dad harvested his bowl um i was i was stoked to be able to prototype the k3 frame for a little bit and my ego was just up there man i i told my dad dad i want to pack out the two hind quarters dad, i want to be like, like steve speck why yeah yeah basically <laughs> But I did. I guess I just had to tell myself I could do it. <laughs> Put those two quarters in and took a snap a few snapped a few photos. Some photos for the gram. For the gram, dude. <laughs> um <laughs> drop started walking. <laughs> started walking hundred, two hundred yards. I'm like thinking to myself, my dad gonna get is my dad gonna laugh at me, get mad at me if I'm gonna tell him, Dad, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I turned back and he just knows, he knows that I can't do it. So I think that was just funny. Cause we were laughing, having yeah. just jolly good time. Like it was a f- easy hike out and I still just could not. It was basically <laughs> if I, if I stopped, I was going to, and, and stood straight, I was just going to fall backwards. You know, I was weighing what, a buck 15 back then. <laughs> Anyways. Um, That's awesome. But I don't but think anyway, I've heard that story. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, I think I did it because I wanted to, Try out the K3 frame. I was macho man. It yeah. didn't happen. Didn't couldn't do it. Man <laughs> stuff couldn't achieve. Man, man stuff could not achieve. 
Oh, and, Jake. It's yeah. been fun, man. What's the other random, like, fun questions? What's your dream hunt? What, Alaska what, Moose Hunt with Steve and Mark. Okay. That's what I was going to say. What, I was going to finish. What do you want Steve to take you on? That's what I meant by a dream hunt. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, moose hunt, man. Um, yeah. I, I, I hunted moose in 2019. Was able to harvest a, harvest a bull with my bow. Now that I'm not able to do that, you know, Idaho, you only allowed to hunt um, or harvest moose, sheep, or goat uh, one, one in your life. So now that I've done that, I have the itch for for moose hunting because moose hunting is incredible it's the funnest animal to i wouldn't say it's fun or it's 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 an adventure it's it's different than elk hunting they're a cool creature to study and and watch how they interact moose hunting in alaska or canada just somewhere where they're huge just these giant animals that'd be that'd be a blast (laughs) yeah Jake, it's good to have you on, man. It's uh, it's always fun to chat. Glad you're part of the EXO family, the EXO team, and it'll be fun to get this one out there and let people hear more behind the scenes about uh, the team here and all that. So thanks for joining us, man. We'll have to get you back on and do it again. Let's do it, man. Appreciate it. Glad this one turned out better than the last. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. Don't forget to tune back in. Our next episode, Jake becomes the podcast host to interview Steve and I. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button and you'll receive future episodes automatically. And again, you can contact us directly by email to podcast at exomountaingear.com. Talk to you soon.